Hi guys, how are you doing? Well, guess what? This week I'm trying something new. And if you know me, you know that I don't like to just leave everything the same. I like to mix, I always want to mix it up. And so after 10 episodes of just listening to me, I wanted to mix it up. And actually, this is something I've been planning to do from the beginning, but I finally got around to it. So what is it? This week, the episode is me having a discussion with my son, Wes, who is my oldest. In case you uh, don't remember, I have four kids, one boy, three girls, and they're all adults. Um, And something that's true about our entire family is we love to talk. We just can talk all day and all night and usually all at the same time. So um, this week, I'm sharing with you a conversation I had with Wes about last week's episode, which was about community and the the connections we have in community. And if you didn't listen to that, you might want to go back and listen to it first, uh, because Wes and I are going to talk about just, it's really just a conversation, so it kind of rambles a little bit, kind of, um, and then comes back on topic. But I hope you enjoy this conversation I had with Wes as much as I did. Welcome to Pause and Ponder. I'm your host, Susie Weber. Join me in taking a few minutes out of your day to reflect on the greatness of God. It's time for a mental, spiritual rest and recharge. First of all, thanks for being on here. This you is bet. my this is my experiment in having a uh, conversation on the podcast. And the first thing I wanted to ask you was um, to just have you share a time that you've been grateful for community and what, Mm. you know, your thoughts on that. Yeah, community is huge to me and to our family. Uh, For anybody listening that doesn't know, I grew up in Pennsylvania where my mom lives. And um, about four years ago, we moved to California. I'd lived in North Carolina for a couple of years and was a youth pastor there. And um, just through the season, God called us out here. And really, God made such a way. We can only look to him for that. But um, along the way, we don't have any family here. And I can remember being asked questions when we're getting ready to move to California. Like, oh, do you have friends there? No. <laughs> do, you, do you have family there? Well, no. Why? Why are you going there? And ultimately, it was only God. But one of the biggest things we were praying, um, the church that we're at now brought us out here for a weekend to come and meet the church, meet the staff, and do a little more interviewing. And my wife and I, our biggest prayer was, God, we know that we don't have family here. We don't have a ton of relationships or community here already. And so, God, if, if you're calling us here, this church is going to have to become our family and really be our community. So, God, we prayed, if this is the church for us, would you show us that this is a place that we could have that, that family and that community? And we really felt that and saw that on the trip. And um, that was almost to the day four years ago from when we were recording this. I think a few days ago, we were four years ago was my sister's wedding. Happy anniversary, Sophie and Andrew. And we drove back down to North Carolina from that wedding. And then a week later, we left for California in our car with a three-month-old and a dog. And um, people said we were crazy. And I think looking back, I agree with them more than I did in the moment. But we've seen God do such a crazy work in community. And I think one of the things about community is that you don't really realize whether you have it or not or how valuable it is until you need it. 
Mm-hmm. And um, like we all, we all say, yes, I, I think I want community. I don't, I don't know what that means. We could put a lot of words on that. There's our Instagram community or there's a, a community that listens to this podcast. But um, I think community gets proven in those times that we need it when things are hard or when things are really good and we want to celebrate. And this year we actually went through something, I think that hit on both of those, the difficulty and the celebration. Um, my youngest son was born in December of 2020 and um, we're, he's a C-section baby. So we knew the date he was going to be born. It was all planned out. And uh, my, my wife's parents were going to fly out here and um, take care of our two older kids while we went to the hospital for a couple of days to have Charlie. And um, I think four days before, maybe five days before he was supposed to be born, we got a call from Sam, my wife, from Sam's parents saying that they had COVID and that they weren't going to be able to come because they were quarantining at home and um, just trying to get through. And that like felt like the bottom felt out a little bit for us in that moment. Like, oh my gosh, we have a four-year-old and a two-year-old and we're about to have a newborn baby and there's nobody to watch our older kids. Like, we still don't have any family out here. And it's in five days. We have less than a week to find someone to watch our kids for three days. And right like, after what Christmas. What do we do? Yeah. It was, like yeah, it was right three days after, middle of Christmas break. People have vacation. Everyone we know has a plan already. Mm-hmm. And so we use um, an app to communicate with our church staff, which is probably our, my closest knit community. And um, I shot a message to our staff on there just to say, hey, would you guys be praying for my in-laws? Because we just found out they have COVID. And I didn't even mention that they, um, that they wouldn't be able to come or that it affected that. I just said, hey, I'm not sure how they're doing. It sounds like they're not feeling great. So just be praying for them because that's kind of scary. And um, right away, we got messages back. And the next morning at our staff meeting, the staff was talking about like, okay, we're, we're praying for them, but what do you guys need? Because we know you're about to have a baby. I think every single one of our staff members offered to come and watch the kids for us to stay with them. One of the staff members said that if they needed to, they could cancel their vacation. That they could take our kids on their vacation with them. Oh, that's everyone so sweet. was just yeah, everyone just jumping in to to play a part. And, and so that moment of crisis, I think we really felt the community. And then on the flip side of it, it ended up that Kate, my youngest sister, flew out to stay with our kids, and um, which is such a sweet trip. But then the other side of it in the celebration. We didn't have to cook for the first month of our youngest son's life because someone put together a meal train and so many people were trying to get onto it. We were literally like we had people booking meals two months out just because they wanted to bless us. because They wanted to participate that way. I think for me, that just reminded me how great our community is and um, how special it is. Yeah, there's there's more stories I could probably share. but That's a great example. And I think the fact that you texted your staff text thing and they you just said they had covid and they responded they they were connected enough to you that you didn't even have to explain these are the people who are coming out to help with the baby they already were invested enough in your life to know what that meant and that's pretty cool and that's one of the reasons i wanted to have this conversation with you to follow up on last week's episode because i have always appreciated the community you have out there. And it's funny because people will say, they're like, now wait, where's, wait, you have a son? I'm like, yes, yes, I have a son. Oh, where's he? California. Oh, is he coming back? I'm like, no, no, I don't think they're coming back. Like, I think they're staying there because they're there. Like, and I knew that from hearing about um, your visit 
before you even went, hearing, I, I don't remember exactly what the details were, but hearing how they responded and how it all went, I was like, oh, this is where they're going. And I was totally at peace about it, even though you're going to be across the country, because I could, like, God just revealed that, I think, to you guys and to me, that this was a community that was going to embrace you and, you know, and be that God-designed community, um, which I think, and, and since that time, I as an observer, I feel like they have done that so well. So I, I'm excited to talk to you about how that happens. But before we get to, you know, the, the practicality, I do want to talk about um, just your thoughts on last week's episode, because that's what I'm hoping to do now is to um, partner each episode with a conversation about it. Because I think, like I said in the last episode, it's supposed to happen in community. It shouldn't just be me doing it by myself. This is one way to do that. So what, what thoughts did you have about last week's episode about community? I love that idea, just getting other people talking and talking together. It's, it's so fun to do that. I'm really glad you invited me in. I loved your episode about ligaments. I love ligaments. That was, I think that could be a bumper sticker. <laughs> and um, I thought it was great. And you mentioned that was the NIV translation, which I typically read from the ESV. And so I looked it up in the NIV and then I was looking at it today again in the ESV translation, that verse in Ephesians chapter four. Mm -hmm. And I actually love um, something that the ESV translation kind of brings out. It says, I'll read from verse 16 in Ephesians four, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And I think the ESV, the NIV doesn't neglect this, but it's separated a little more. And the ESV, mm -hmm. I think you get just different shades of color with the different translations. And for me, it was helping me connect like, oh, our maturity is actually hinged on our community. There's only so far that we can grow if we're doing it alone. And I think that's true in every area of life. Like if you're exercising, if you're dieting, if you're just trying to learn more information, that's why they do study groups. That's why you join a team or join a gym to work out with other people because we need each other's input and we, we push each other. And that's naturally true spiritually as well, that our growth is going to be boosted by our community, by that connection. And yeah. I, mean, I just loved what you brought up. Yeah, and I think also hindered by lack of connection. And that's the piece mm -hmm. I think that's really challenging to me because for me, I know my tendency is if I've been hurt, I'm going to pull back and, oh, I forgave them, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to not connect with you as much as I did or, you know, I'm going to protect myself. And yet that protecting myself and not connecting to others is going to keep me from maturing in Christ. And that is really challenging to me because like when you get hurt, you want to pull back and, and you want to be like, you know what, I'll, I'm going to love you, but I'm also not going to share about myself because you're just going to hurt me and, or bitterness yeah. or whatever can get in the way. And then you don't connect um, the way that we should like with that strong connection. And um, it's not just the, the community that suffers, like I would suffer individually too. So I think that's a that's yeah. a challenging idea. Yeah, the whole body, it says, grows into the head, which is Christ. And if the head is Christ and you're the foot, you can't be connected to Christ without the leg. So if you're trying to sever yourself from the leg, you end up severed from the head. And then the body is crippled. I love every time that analogy of the body is used, that we're all parts. Because a body with parts that don't function or that have been cut off is handicapped. 
Right. And in the right. same way the church is handicapped and we're handicapped. I think no part feels it. The whole body feels it when one part is cut off, but no part is as damaged as the part that's removed. So when you remove yourself from community, you're hurting the whole, but you're hurting yourself more than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. That's really challenging. That was just on the verse that I shared. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I think I just stuck with ligaments. It wasn't the whole verse, but just I, I grew up with the NIV, like when I was a teenager. So when I was driving home from um, in Texas, driving back to Jess's house, that was that word ligaments just kept jumping out at me. Like the body of Christ has ligaments. We're supposed to be connected. It was just that, that idea. Didn't you have a Bible in a different translation at one point that your youth pastor told you to get rid of? Yeah, yeah, that was the living Bible. He told me it was trash. He's like, I, I guess he asked me to read a verse, like, you know, in the group. He's like, oh, Susie, you read the verse. And I read it. He goes, what translation do you have? And I was like, oh, uh, I looked. I'm like, it's a living Bible. He goes, that's trash. Throw that thing away. It's like, oh. <laughs> and that was when I got an NIV. That was all the rage then. And now, of course, oh. now NIV is, is kind of not the preferred translation, but, you know. Someone once said that whatever Bible you'll read is the best translation. Right, right. It's better to have an NIV and read it than have the perfect translation and leave it on the shelf. Right, right. And I like to study from the New King James and from the um, mm. NASB. But, um, mm. you know, it's good, to look at, it's good to look at all of them. And sometimes I've, yeah. I've used the NIV frequently here on the podcast because I feel like as, an, as this being an audio thing, sometimes it's just a little easier phrasing Cause like mm-hmm. when you read new King James or something, you know, like this, I'll listen back to it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm lost. I can't follow this verse because it's like too wordy when you're just listening. But anyway, back to the ligaments. So was there anything else that jumped out at you? Cause I mean, the three, the three points were that community help us to stay the course, you know, the encouragement. And I didn't mm-hmm. touch on the accountability as much. I had the example of Sophie, you know, so do you remember that when we set up that tent? I've I had blocked a feeling. that out of my memory. Yeah, no, no memory of it. That's so funny. Um, I had a feeling you were going to say that, but I, I remember you in that story with the tent just being like, I was like, okay, we're going to, you know, I had this crazy plan. We're going to put this tarp up and Wesley, you stand out here. And you were like, okay, yes, I've got it. Like I'm, you know, I'm the man in the situation. You were like, I got it. I'm out here. I'll stand in the rain. And, uh, and then I'm like, Sophie, you go out there with him. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? I could see myself doing that as a kid, but now that I'm a dad, now that I have kids, I would have gotten there again. We're sleeping in the car. <laughs> Good for you. Putting oh, up I, the wanted, I wanted to get it all set up before dad got there. You know, I was like, I can do this. And, um, somebody, Jess or Kate reminded me it was actually a, designated as a hurricane. We were in a hurricane. So it was like serious, but anyway, but the point was, you know, I, I kind of focused on um, how we encourage each other as the body of Christ, but also I mentioned um, accountability and, but I didn't, you know, didn't delve into that mm-hmm. one as much. Yeah. Something you feel like you have experienced. How has that worked in your life? Oh, definitely. I think the first thought that comes to my mind is with kids. I think we, we teach them like, Oh, you're not allowed to say that word. And then what they catch on to is that you say that word. <laughs> You're in this catch-22. We have a four-year-old daughter. We're on our way to, I was telling you right before we started recording, we went on a picnic today. We went and walked around the park and saw yeah. some geese. And 
they were dilly-dallying in the parking lot. And Margot, my four-year-old, was trying to deal with her necklace and her shoes in the middle of the parking lot. And I'm holding my two-year-old's hand. And she, I look back, and she's like 50 feet behind me, just in the middle of a parking lot. And I was like, Margot, I said, I said, Margot, you need to get out of the freaking parking lot. And she's standing there, and there's cars all around. And she's like, Daddy, don't say that word. <laughs> it's like, I don't care if I say that word right now. You need to listen. But it's it's convicting. There's accountability. I think what, one of the things you said is that when we're in community, uh, it's important for people to see our real selves and that that mm -hmm. happens more than ever at home. I was like, oh, Margo, I sat her down after we got out of the parking lot. I was like, you're right. I shouldn't have said that word. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And um, turned into a sweet moment, but after well, she didn't get hit by a car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And that's how accountability is supposed to work, that the person on the receiving end is humble mm. and says, you know, you're right, I'm sorry, and then you move on. Yeah. It doesn't always work that way, unfortunately, but, um, and so true, like that was my point that as moms and dads, we can have this community with small children that they pointed out. Mm -hmm. I remember one time in the car with you when you were about two, I was driving and I, and I think I remembered something I forgot at home and I went, oh, darn it. And then you were in the back and you go, darn it, darn it, darn it, darn it, darn it. <laughs> and I was like, I am so glad I said darn it right then. <laughs> it was a good moment. I was like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And another yeah. time, it might've been the same day because I was really frustrated and you were like, mommy, I think we just need to start the day over. And you were like, too. Like, yes, I do. I need to start the day over. So, but I think it's important. I think it's something I shy away from personally that I shouldn't of holding not children holding us accountable but you know adult to adult or peer or whatever um, yeah that can be challenging I think it's scary we get in our heads a lot we'll see something and we'll think like, that seems off I'm not sure about that but we psych ourselves out or we're embarrassed or we, we think of how uncomfortable we're going to make them and, and how uncomfortable it makes us well and so. I don't want to be judgmental you know that's what keeps me from doing it yeah I think we could we could come up with every reason in our heads of why we shouldn't speak up. But I think it's kind of like the TSA, like if you see something, say something. And that doesn't mean we have to come out swinging, like you idiot, I can't believe. <laughs> but sometimes just asking the question can be so helpful. Like that's what God did with Adam. Adam is sinned for the first time, is hiding naked in the bushes, trying to make clothes out of fig leaves. And God just says, Adam, where are you at? Like, something seems different here. And I think that's such a powerful way for us to come in where we're not slamming people down, but just saying, hey, I noticed this and that didn't quite seem right. And then it leaves them in that spot of like, well, here's what was going on. And maybe you saw it wrong, but it gives the opportunity to maybe expose something and help them grow. I think if we always want to stay comfortable and we're always worrying about how it'll come out and the body can't function that way. Yeah. And I have found a few times I have gone to people and asked them, you know, do we have a problem? Like, did I do something, you know, giving them sort of permission to hold me accountable or to bring up a problem? And I think sometimes that's necessary too, or, you know, we can't use that excuse of like, well, they have a problem with me. They can, that's their problem. They can come to me. I think that mm. isn't, that, that, that's not a strong ligament, a strong ligament. No. Like, hey, did something happen? Are we okay? You know, to, and then that gives the person permission to say, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. So I think yeah. that's important. If we never talk, we never get there. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you wanted to talk about, um, my third point was about how community refines us. 
Yes. Remember that point. I do. I loved all three of your points about um, theology being done in the community that we, we learn more about God interacting mm-hmm. with each other. And um, I think that's even just you see in the Bible, God is a relational God. We can't learn about a relational God without relationship. And he calls us to that with him and with others. Mm-hmm. But I love that idea that community refines us and that our, our function together is what grows us. I was thinking about that idea of ligaments that you brought up. And um, I think the thing with ligaments is they only work where there's contact. They only work where they're touching. And so often, like, I think if we're really honest, a lot of the times and in a lot of parts of our lives, there's things we don't want touched. Mm-hmm. And um, today, I think there's a really... It's a really big push for transparency. I'm going to let you see all of me. And that sounds really good. It's like, look, here's all of my flaws, all of my problems. I'll put it all out there for you. But the second you try to touch it, I'm going to freak out. I'm going to leave. I'm going to pull back. And I think there's a, a really big difference that needs to be defined between transparency and vulnerability. Because mm. transparency is I'll let you see it. Vulnerability is, yeah, you can touch it. And I think what I, in my experience we don't have strong connection if we're not willing to be touched. You can only have connection where there's contact. And so I think we need to learn to, to push past some of those things that, that we'd say, no, I don't want anyone to touch this part of my life. I'll bring my, my intellect to church. Mm-hmm. I've got this group of people and I, we talk about the Greek words and what they mean. And I can tell you all the historical background. Yeah, you can touch my intellect, probably because I'm confident there. Mm-hmm. I don't feel so insecure about my intellect. But once we get into my marriage, once we get into my parenting, once we get into my finances, those kind of things, I say, whoa, 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 why are you trying to touch that? And I think the thing about ligaments is they touch the whole. It's not like a partial contact. They'll, they'll stop you from having activity if you even have a partial tear in one of your ligaments. I know a high schooler right now that fell on his bike and isn't allowed to play football because he has a partial tear in a ligament in his knee. And it's still kind of connected, but it's not healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I really like what you just said about vulnerability and transparency. And I, it just made me, the way you just described it made me think of how, you know, we have to let people touch our marriage and our um, relationships and how we do life basically. Right. And I was thinking that, yeah, that's because that's how God wants to interact with us is not just in our intellect, but God wants us to apply his word and his truth to our marriages, to our parenting, to our work situation, um, all of those things. And how is he going to do that? He does it when we interact with him alone, but the way he has chosen to do it often is through other people. And so to not let other people speak into those areas of our lives is to not apply God's word really fully, fully Mm -hmm. to those areas of our lives. So again, it comes back to that stilting maturity if we don't allow other people to, to speak. And maybe it's not, you know, everyone, like you don't have to put it on social media. It, in fact, that really wouldn't be effective, but you have this group of people that you do allow them to speak into your life so that God can speak into your life. Yeah, I think we need, we should really, if you're listening to this or hearing this somehow, If there's parts of your life that no one is allowed to touch, you should really examine that because I think what you're saying is you don't want God to work in that part of your life. Exactly. You're the only authority there. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like to to say, well, this part's private 
to know, and no one can talk to it is basically to say, I'm not going to let God speak to it, which is that mm -hmm. makes it seem much more serious than I'm, I'm just an introvert. I'm just private. I just don't do that. I'm not comfortable. It's like, well, wait a second. This actually affects my relationship with God. It's so it's mm -hmm. serious. Yeah. So. And like you said too, it's not that you share it with everybody and maybe this transitions us into how to have that community a little bit. But I think of Jesus even who we know there's times that he got alone with just him and God. But if you look at Jesus's community, there's a handful of circles in it. There's like the 70 disciples that he sent out. There's the crowd beyond that. There's the people that it said he knew what was in their hearts. So he didn't give himself to them. Mm. He kept himself back. But then there's the 12. And even within the 12, there's the three. There's Peter, James, and John that he pulls aside a couple of other times. This close inner circle that he revealed himself to in a fuller way. And I think it's the same for us that there's, there's layers. It's not just there, there's one person I can share with and nobody else. So there's these people that I share and everything else is private. But um, I think of Shrek, ogres are like onions. There's layers. <laughs> and um, in the same way, we need to have those layers in our lives. Maybe there's a few people that are really close that, that know everything and have permission to, to speak into everything. And then there's like your like that could be your small group or your your family definitely should be that. Um, and then beyond that, there's your church and maybe your work circles, and it kind of expands out from there. Mm -hmm. But I think we're in a really interesting day too, where so many of our our voices and our opinions can come digitally through people that don't know us at all. And I think that feeds into that same thing I was saying earlier of that willingness to bring the intellectual without ever letting it touch our hearts. And um, it's scary. It reminds me of what Paul said to the Corinthians. They have many teachers, but not many fathers. They mm -hmm. can get information from a ton of people, but there's not a lot of people that know them that are going to speak directly into them. That is part of the challenge today is the digital versus the in real life. Um, and we need some of that in real life. And it reminds me of when I was talking to you once about um, you were going to teach on Sunday. I think about fellowship, right? And I said to you that that verse that says Paul said um, we shared our very lives with you you know and mm -hmm. that is key to having these kind of connections you do have to share life together which the hard part of that I think there's a vulnerability aspect but there's also just the time aspect especially here on the east coast I don't know it, it seems like you know we are so stereotypically we are always busy and you know we stay we want to be busy I think and yeah. Uh, so anyway, time is a challenge to share life together um, in a way that would make those kind of connections. But what well, do think, you see as two things? What keeps it from happening and what can we do to, to create that in our own lives? Yeah, I think a word you used at the beginning of this podcast um, to invest, and I think it's not unique to the East Coast there. I think everyone is invested in certain things. And um, that the natural sense of investment is cost. You can't invest in something without it costing you. And I think for us to have meaningful relationships that grow into community, we have to invest in them. We have to choose. And I think that's where it starts to say, this is something that is precious to me, mm -hmm. that I'm willing to invest my time in, that I'm willing to invest my resources in, and that I'm willing to let it cost me, because it might cost me personally. Because you can't have relationship if you don't put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. And that's the temptation. I want to I have relationship, but I, I don't know if I'm willing 
to be out there because it could hurt. And that's fair. If that, that's honest, it, it might hurt. It does hurt sometimes. I think mm -hmm. if we're going to put ourselves out there, there is an inherent guarantee that it's going to hurt at some point. And um, sometimes a it's a good hurt. Yeah. <laughs> no one's going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> Make that your tagline. Put yourself out there and you will get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Guaranteed. Guaranteed yeah. hurt. Who's signing up? Yeah. But some of it, like Proverbs says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Some hurts we need because there's parts of us that need to be cut off. And that doesn't happen if we keep ourselves closed off. So I think it starts with that investment of just saying, okay, I'm going to value this and I'm going to let my, they say the two biggest things that show what you value are your wallet and your calendar. So mm -hmm. say, I'm, I'm going to let my time and my finances reflect that I value this. Maybe that means you could get some overtime, but instead you're going to leave early and go to a small group. Maybe that means you're going to make a point. Like I think one of the, the best things, I was just thinking about this the other week, actually, mom, how grateful I am that for us growing up, church on Sunday was never a thought. It was just what we did. Like there was never an option. There was no church option. It was just, <laughs> we go to church. Like, I don't know that we ever asked or that it was ever even a question mark. Like, oh, are we going? This was, duh. It was like, if there was any one thing that happened every week without negotiation, it was church. Well, I rain, actually, sleet, or snow. Yeah, I actually remember, I think it was Sophie, Sophie faking well, <laughs> not faking <laughs> sick. Uh, my children faked well, which would really not go over well now with COVID, but back then you could fake oh. well and go to church with, she's like, oh, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, because she wanted to go to, which was a, oh. a huge blessing that God gave each of you. And that was um, something I prayed for as a mom from before you were born. Mm. One of my prayers is always give them a thirst for you. And mm. so I think that was really an answer to prayer that we thankfully did not struggle with you guys not wanting to go. Um, even though we, it wasn't negotiable, yeah. we didn't have to fight with you about it. And I'm very grateful for that because I think that was really just God yeah. um, blessing us with that and a lot of other things, but mainly that. Um, I think too, like the thought, I thought of this listening to the podcast from last week, you talked about the snowstorm and driving through that yeah. with Jess and with, um, with Kate and with Jane. And um, I thought of the snowstorm that we drove through all together. I think we were on the way back from the Poconos yeah. on a Sunday morning. And if you're listening, there's not a visual to represent this, but we were in a, <laughs> an F-350 Super Crew, the six seater, all six of us. So there's someone up in the front middle. It's a big cap on the back of the truck. It's the, I think at the time, at least in my memory, this is the biggest truck you can get <laughs> and like on the civilian side of things. And we're driving in this truck going 70 miles an hour down the freeway in a snowstorm. And all of a sudden we're going completely sideways. I'm sitting in the back seat behind my dad who's driving and I'm looking, looking forward in the car at the median going past at 70 miles an hour. Yeah. It was terrifying. And everyone screamed. My dad was laughing, which I still yeah. am not sure about. He always uh -oh. laughs. That is a bad sign. When he is nervous, he laughs. When he is... So he's laughing. This is all on the way back from a weekend away in the Poconos. And what I was thinking about listening to the podcast last week was that the point of that was for us to get to church. We were on our way back from the Poconos on a Sunday morning. We, in a sense, cut our vacation short and left in a more hazardous part of the day even to make sure that we got to church. And so I think part of it, like you said, is God really put that desire in us 
But I think a huge part of it that I think you guys get so much credit for, and I really want to tell parents, is that we didn't have the option. And I think I see this so often. Um, I don't know if I said this already for people listening, but I'm a youth pastor. I've been a youth pastor for 10 years. And um, so often I see kids struggling to go to youth group. Like they, I don't want to go. I don't, no one likes me. I don't fit in. And I think 99% of that gets solved if you remove the option. Mm-hmm. If you just, I, you're going, I don't care. And you'd be amazed, parents, if you're listening to this, I mean this with so much grace, but you'd be amazed at how quickly kids just adapt and start to enjoy it when they realize they can't get out of it. Kids will try, will try to get out. I can remember being a kid. We'll try to get out of anything, even if it sounds good, just because we want our way, especially, especially teenage boys. <laughs> I don't know if there's any moms with teenage boys listening to this. But moms with teenage boys, your son is looking for autonomy, which means he wants to do whatever you don't want him to do. And so if you're giving him any option, he's going to take his own path, not because necessarily he hates God and all of that, which I think is the fear, but just because he wants to make his own decision, make church a priority, make community with the people of God a priority. And maybe this to get it back to our, our topic of ligaments and community. We all, I think, find our community somewhere. We all have it to some degree. Maybe it's sports. I know so many people, sports is their religion. I was, just before we started this podcast, I was listening to another podcast by a a personal trainer that now does Sunday sermons, he calls them. And they're his like motivational speeches about athleticism and physical health. And he calls it a Sunday sermon? He calls it a Sunday sermon. It's become a religion. I think we're even getting to the point that we acknowledge that and that is your community. You say, okay, well, we do soccer. Soccer is our life. Soccer is our community. And there's nothing wrong with playing soccer. There's nothing wrong with having a community there. But you are selling yourself short if you don't have a community in the people of God. Because that's what he's designed us for. Well, exactly. And I think everything I said last week about um, the gifts of community, those are the gifts of community in a Christian community. Those are the gifts God gives us when we do community based on biblical principles. They're not the gifts in every community. And yet those, that is so worrisome to me that people, that Christians are finding their community elsewhere. Like for me, I see it so much in work, you know, health related communities, like a diet group that women are in or a gym or whatever and it becomes their community and back to the time thing you can only have so much there's only so much time you can't invest in every community and if your investment is in if you you are getting encouraged and being held accountable that sounds like a diet community right like you can do it and oh i'll i'll hold you accountable don't eat the cookie you know and yet i mean there's a place for that but when that becomes your main community it's a problem because you're missing out on mm-hmm. the, the body of Christ. But back to, I want to circle back to what you were saying about youth group um, made me think of something, you know, like kids that don't want to go or whatever. Um, and this applies to church too, but I have seen it in youth group too, because I've worked in youth ministry. I think that there can be an attitude of, uh, of entertainment of like, well, I'll go because I get something out of it which you, hopefully you do, you want them to get something out of it, but then they don't come if, they're, if they feel they don't get anything out of it. And that just breaks my heart because that is not 
God designed community. You don't just go to church or go to youth group or be part of a small group because of what you'll get out or a Bible study because of what you'll get out of it. God wants to use you in each of those situations. So you go because of what you can give, not, and hopefully you're receiving too, but to, to show up week after week because God wants to use you in that situation is a reason to go. It is a reason mm -hmm. to, to commit to it um, and, and builds those stronger connections and brings maturity. And I think it's so yeah. important as parents and just as individuals to recognize what am I going to give when I get to church or get to, you know, whatever event it is um, mm -hmm. versus what am I getting out of it? Um, it drives me crazy when I hear that, like, well, I don't get anything out of it. So, you know, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, one Bible dictionary defined fellowship or like it's the same word we get our idea of community from for yeah. Christians as close association with mutual interest in sharing. And so if we aren't bringing anything, we're not sharing. Like sharing isn't just coming and taking. That's, yeah. that's, it's not mutual interest in receiving. It's we all bring something. I think yeah. it's back to that idea of investment too. It's just really short-sighted. If our, our only motivation to not go is that we don't get anything, investments take a while it's not a instant feedback loop they gotta stick with it yeah and i think of you know that kid that says like they don't like youth group they don't have any friends there they don't get anything out of the teaching or whatever reason they might have you know it really turns it around when you say well what could you give is there anyone there who needs a friend is there a kid standing by himself you know mm -hmm. is there you know and not to be like the know-it-all of like, oh yeah, they need me. I'm going to teach the Bible to them <laughs> because they know nothing. Yeah. No, not like that. But to be the hands and feet of Jesus there, you know, you could, anyone yeah. can walk up to the kid who's by himself or bring someone. If you don't have any friends there, bring a friend with you and then you have a friend there. Yeah, yeah. That's I it. think I shared this story a while ago, but I know someone, this is a true story, that they, um, this wasn't here at our church that we're at now. This was somewhere else. But um, they came to church for six months and sat in the back row and like came in right as the service began and left right when it ended. And at the end of six months, they came to me and they're like, we're leaving the church. Our family's not coming here. Okay. Why? What's going on? And they're like, well, we're just not connected here. I was like, oh, like, what do you mean? Like, we've been here for six months. And he said, he told me this. He said, I intentionally, I didn't say hi to anybody i didn't make an effort in any direction because i wanted to see is this a church with community and he's and no one invited me over for lunch no one built relationship with me and i, I didn't say it this strongly to him but i can remember thinking you idiot <laughs> well, i'm glad you didn't say that <laughs> you came in and sat with your arms crossed and then you were mad that nobody wanted to talk to you so much of it we we hold back and hope that someone else will build community and i I want to say this for the people listening to this that feel like they don't have the community around them. Cause I, I know what that feels like. That's a terrible feeling, mm -hmm. that feeling of isolation, that feeling of loneliness. And um, one, hang in there. If that's you and you're listening to this and you don't have that community, don't give up, don't close yourself off, but two, don't wait for someone else to do it for you. Mm -hmm. Community isn't something we need permission for. Um, we have a phrase that we use at our church a lot of the time of, we don't have to give people permission to be Christians. And community, I think so often we're waiting for the church to provide, but that's something that we have permission for as Christians. We can just walk in community. Yeah, that's really true. And, and we do have to hang in there because it takes time. 
it takes time to develop those relationships. And it can be really frustrating because I think not everyone is going to be willing to um, develop that community. That was, I had made a list of like, what keeps this from happening? And one of the things on that list was fear of rejection and, and actual rejection. Yeah. I think we could not reach out like that guy in the church you know, he crossed his arms. Maybe he was being judgmental, but maybe also he was so afraid of being rejected that he was like, I'm not going to act like I want to know anybody, you know, and mm -hmm. um, that fear of rejection can keep us from doing a lot of things, but definitely um, from reaching yeah. out for community. And honestly, sometimes you do get rejected and you have to just keep trying. Mm -hmm. And I think too, this is something I see a lot in youth ministry um, that I feel like more with the leaders than with the kids, but I, I'm always prepping our youth leaders because youth ministry, especially like junior high ministry, where I work with 12, 13, and 14-year-olds. I work with them up through high school, but that age group, they're not known for deep connection, deep relationship. And I always get concerned. I feel like every youth leader comes in and says, I really just want to make a difference in their lives. And I think we sometimes said, I'm, I don't mean to pick on youth leaders in this, because I think this is something we all do. But mm -hmm. I think we see it really clear, clearly there, that youth leaders can come in. And I can be just as guilty of this saying like oh like I want to have that really meaningful conversation where the teenagers like comes and brings their cigarettes and leaves them on the <laughs> altar and yeah turns to the Lord and it's like man that moment when that happens that's incredible but that moment comes usually after thousands of moments of playing video games with them or playing dodgeball or just sitting and talking about the latest Marvel movie that you have zero interest in. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think so often the point being so often we want, we're like trying to find these deep connections, but we don't want to deal with the shallow connection. Hmm. And it's kind of like, if you ever go swimming, I can remember we used to go to the public pool as a kid and the diving board was my favorite part of the pool. I would just go off the diving board all day. I didn't care about the rest of the pool. I'd go, I would stand in line all day and just go off the diving board. And one of my favorite things to do, like throw a, a penny or a, even like the silver coins are cooler because you can't see them. And you throw them down to the bottom and you try to dive down to the bottom to find the penny. And I think we try to do that in our relationships. We want like, oh, I want to mm -hmm. go down deep because that's where there's something valuable. But I think we neglect to think about that you can't get to the depth without going through the shallow water. Like I still have to hit the surface and go down from there. You can't start at depth. And um, so often we're trying like, okay, I want to be connected. And we, maybe you're listening to this right now. And you're like, oh, okay, I got it. I need connection. I need ligaments. I got to be in the body of Christ. I'm going to find someone. I'm going to corner them at church on Sunday. And I'm going to tell them all of my problems and ask them what to do. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't go up to someone you've never talked to before and start there. That's not going to be effective. Because there's, there's relationship that has to build. Those ligaments have to have time to connect. And um, I think so often we're trying to beat God to it by jumping the gun and getting right to the depth part. We say, I, I don't want that shallow stuff. Well, let it build. That's a really good point. And that takes time too. But to, to be content with, you know, the process. Mm -hmm. I think that's really good. Well, we should probably wrap it up. Do you have any final thoughts? I do. I have two closing thoughts for people okay, that great. want community. Two closing thoughts. If you want community, these are two action things. Because I don't know about you, but I think we could talk about it all day. But if you never do it, then we didn't really help you. Because yeah. we're just a podcast. We can't really be your community. If this is all of your community, you're doing it wrong. Um, 
So two things that I think are super helpful that I try to do that my family does and that, three things actually, I'll add one because I already told you on here, I think the, the biggest thing, make church a commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so valuable. But the two things to leave you with are one, find one person that you could call once every other week and just check in, hear about their life, tell them about yours. And maybe if, if you're near them, go out to lunch or grab a coffee. One person that at least every other week you're touching base with and sharing yourself with them. And um, just let that build naturally. It doesn't have to be this incredible, deep, like you bare your soul to each other for half an hour or once a week. But it just build that connection. Spend that time talking and let God grow that. Commit to that. If you did that for a year, you would have someone that you're so close to. Mm-hmm. And then two, and this is for the people that maybe if you're sitting here, like, I don't have anybody I could call. There's no one I could talk to. One, I doubt that. But two, I get that too. That's a scary thing to start. And so I think a great starting point, if you're listening and you feel like you have no community, start looking for people that you could invite over to dinner. Something my wife and I have been doing this year is we have one night of the week that we say, okay, like right now it's Tuesday nights. We say Tuesday night is our night to have people over for dinner. And we do everything we can to have every Tuesday night, there's someone coming to our house for dinner. And that's not to have like, we're going to tell them all of our problems and hear all of their problems pray for each other and this moment of weeping and all of this. It's just to build connection. Sometimes we might just eat dinner. We might, we sat in our backyard with a couple the other night and roasted marshmallows. We might play a board game, but just, we've tried to have this as another natural avenue to build connection. So we want to invest our Tuesday nights in our community. And um, so we, we've committed to that and we do everything we can to have a family there or to go to a family's house every Tuesday. And uh, that doesn't mean you get it right all the time. Like, if, don't beat yourself up if you say, okay, we're going to do it. And then the first week they cancel on you because they got sick. You're not failing. It's okay. You could have a goal of once a month. I have wanted to do that. That's very challenging to me because I have wanted to do that for years and we have not done it. So that is something we need to do. But, you know, as you get, the thing is when you get older, you get really tired <laughs> and you're ready to just be like, I just want to sit on the couch now and uh, earlier and earlier, but it, it's true. We do need to do it. Um, well, that's the investment. You invest your energy. Exactly. And we do need to do it. And that's something I want to do. So I need to do that more. Um, it's a lot of fun. Are- I found it to be really life-giving. Like it definitely costs yeah. in your energy, but I feel so filled after it every time too. Mm-hmm. I've, we have yet to do one that we've regretted doing. And Sam I'll likes doing it too because she's more of an introvert than you. You're, she's a bit more introverted, but she God's really given her the gift of hospitality. And so oh, I think definitely. even more than me, it fills her up to have people over to make them a nice meal. And um, especially for her right now, um, I'm sure, I know you have a lot of moms that listen to your podcast because I hear you tell them things. Um, she's a mom of three kids under five. We have a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a four-month-old. And so having people over is a great way for her to still get that connection, that relationship. Yeah, that's awesome. Between park days and church and that. Right. Well, I have, I will wrap it up with saying I have really admired the community that you guys have out there and the effort that you have made um, to invest in them and um, just everything I hear about it. So I love that about your church. And um, it's definitely taught me um, about, the community God wants us to have and, and to take that risk to be more vulnerable to have it. So I appreciate that. Well, this was really fun. Thanks for doing this with me. Um, Thanks for having me on here. Yeah. And we will, I will be asking you again. I, I'm going to ask a different kid 
each time, different one of my kids, each time to talk about the last episode. So that's my plan at the moment. So thanks, Wes. I'll talk to you, you soon. Bet. Tell the kids I said hi. I will. All right. And so I do want to thank Wes one more time for having that conversation with me, taking time out of his Saturday. I just love those kinds of conversations. And I want to thank you for listening. And I hope those are the kinds of conversations you're having in your life with your family and friends. So may the Lord bless you and keep you and keep you connected to those around you. Until next time.